space. Well, not really. Take two. Here, in the Mitten State, welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek, spanning the quadrants, the best things since the neutral zone. We are back. Uh, this is the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Uh, I am uh, your Trek Lord of Western Michigan, uh, captain of the Starfleet uh, International Chapter, the USS Grand Petoskey here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Charlie Carden. I am joined by uh, both of my co-hosts today, which is not something we do all the time, but this is kind of uh, like in sitcoms when you had a very special episode. This is a very special episode, and it's so big that I had to bring in both Rich and Aaron to break down our first all-news explosion episode. So guys, chime in. How the heck are you doing today? Kapla. I'm Kapla. well. Right on. Um, I'm loving the dream here. I hear that. Good deal. Uh, yeah, so this was uh, this was a big week. Uh, Monday of this week, we're recording this on a Sunday, but the, the Monday that preceded this uh, was what's known as First Contact Day. Now, in the film Star Trek First Contact, uh, the plot line centers around the uh, first contact between humanity on Earth uh, in the year uh, 2063 with the Vulcan culture, which happened on April the 5th of that year. Uh, so much like Star Trek Day, which is September 8th, uh, 1966 in this case, which signaled the first episode, first broadcast episode uh, of the original series. Uh, first Contact Day, I feel like this was, unless I'm misremembering, I feel like this was the first day that First Contact Day was really a thing with all of this different stuff and the, the panels, and I don't know if that's a result of, you know, kind of COVID culture and, and, and people doing things on Zoom, but much like with Star Trek Day, which was you know, September of last year, I felt like this was a huge explosion of um, of panels happening and new news being dropped. I mean, am I misremembering? Was this a thing in years past and I'm just not recalling? No, this was huge this year. Yeah, big time. So uh, without further ado, we'll jump right on into it. Uh, there is a reference on here to watch the panels. We're not going to break them down quite that minutely, um, but I'm just going to I'm going to go ahead and jump on into the first story. And this is very exciting. And and Rich, I know you hopped right on this uh, right away uh, yeah. because this this is a chance not only for us here in in Michigan. Uh, for us who are not only in our senior staff but just in our club of the USS Grand Petoskey altogether, but also for yourself. Uh, and for uh, Madison, uh, who is another of our senior staffers who lives down in the in Kansas, uh, to potentially drive to what is going to be the uh, new official Star Trek convention, uh, which is going to be a rotating convention, which is going to be in Chicago next year. So this is this is fantastic. And Rich, I've shared with you, uh, you and I met because your your son and Logan, who is the son of my best friend Todd, who is our our other you know secret friend uh, who we do another secret friend we do a podcast with. Your sons both do Taekwondo together. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, my nephew and Logan do. Your uh, nephew, yeah. okay. I, I knew there was a family connection. So that's how you met Todd. Todd yep. brought you on our show, and that's how you and I uh, ended up doing great disturbances together. And now we're doing this. So, um, so yeah, we we. But my point in bringing Todd into it is he lives obviously in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. I live here in Western Michigan. Chicago is not quite roughly halfway. It's a little further for him than it is for me. But since 2010. 
because he and I being college roommates and he lives many states away, we never get to hang out. Our occasion was to hang out at either a Wizard World show, and that's turned into C2E2 since then. But now this is a great opportunity for all of us to get together uh, basically this time next year in Chicago at the McCormick Place, which is where they have C2E2, to have just a Star Trek convention um, and and to celebrate uh, all things Star Trek. So this is phenomenal. There have not been I was it was I was telling you guys in the pre-roll. Uh, April and I were helping out uh, the uh, family member of a friend uh, who's writing a dissertation at Western Michigan University about Star Trek for a cultural anthropology class about how the fact that yes there are still there's cons and comic cons and pop culture cons, but the real heyday of Star Trek conventions has kind of been a dead duck since the 1990s. There's the big one in Las Vegas, um, and and you know that that one is terrific. But again, Las Vegas for us Midwesterners is so so very far away. It might as well you know be in Australia because it's very expensive to fly there and have a hotel and all this different stuff. Um, where Chicago is certainly a lot closer because it's it's a three hour drive for us here in West Michigan. Uh, which is very exciting. So, you know, Rich, this is obviously it's a longer drive for you. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. a longer drive for Madison. But, you know, Aaron, I don't know if, if Chicago is too far from Pittsburgh that you would want to take a, a stab. But I know that you don't mind long drives. Right. I mean, I am going to drive. I drive 10 and a half hours now, like once a week. So. Wow. OK, so what you're basically saying is there's a real good chance that the three of us could get together at this show. Yeah, there is a good chance, you know, and maybe we can do something live. Oh, that would be I, awesome. I think doing something live would be spectacular. So I'm really looking forward to this. Um, as soon as tickets go on sale, and I'm skimming this article, I don't know if they say when that's going to go down. But I know that that, uh, th- that that information will probably be not so far in the offing uh, that we'll be able to jump on that. So, yeah, count me. Absolutely count me in on that. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. It's nice to see cons, Trek cons anyway, moving out of Vegas and kind of getting out there a bit more again. Um, okay, I mean, but do I, you think it's going to be like the Olympics where everybody just starts like making these really high bids on them so they become ridiculously expensive and we won't be oh, able to afford it. to go? I hope not. Yeah. yeah, I hope not too. Hopefully that's not – you mean it's going to be like San Diego Comic Con where it's just everything sells out? Hopefully, you know, because we – Trekkies are, you know, a portion of fandom. We're not all of fandom, which is like, which is what Chicago is. It's like you can see everything in the world, and there's 50 billion people there, but tickets sell out in 0.68 seconds. Uh, yeah. So you'll you'll never actually be able to go. So hopefully this won't be quite that bad. I mean, I know C2E2. We might have again, to team up on getting tickets, and like we all try to get X amount, and then right. go from right. there. Yeah, I, I think I think with the coordination not only between the three of us, but definitely uh, the rest of the senior staff uh, on the Petoskey and other Star Trek friends and other people in our club, that we can coordinate and get a fair group of us uh, organized. I know at big shows of these, I'm not often a fan of cosplaying because of you know footwear, um, but I, I think without a doubt, um, this is one that I would love to have a spot. Where, like when we were at Grand Rapids Comic Con, April and I went back and forth and changed costumes, and then we walked back because the venue and the hotel was all connected by Skywalk. So it was very oh, yeah. easy to go, ba- go back and forth and change and not wear your feet out, uh, always wearing the same uncomfortable shoes. So I am absolutely down with this. I'm very excited. Yeah, I was at C2E2 two years ago, and it is, it's a real nice setup with the, uh, with the hotel and everything being real close by. So, gotcha. Very I'm good. hopeful. 
<laughs> I'm I'm fired up. So you can consider this um, the uh, maybe not the first, but definitely the the most exciting uh, get together that we have kind of planned. And again, it's a year away. So uh, anyway, moving moving on. What else did we have? Who's up next? Oh, I'm up next with first look. Star Trek Prodigy gives us an animated Catherine Janeway, which um, this is very cool because we all know we knew that this show was going to come out. Mm-hmm. But then they unveiled the picture. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know. And I was like, that is so cute. But I'm like, you know, she looks really young in it. And then how they explain it now, we know she's going to be a hologram. Right. She's going to be training these kind of group of alien teens that commandeer commandeer this derelict Starfleet ship. And she she's a training hologram. So she'll probably right. help them and be their hologram captain yeah it's going to be pretty cool and i'm especially excited about this having a six-year-old daughter because Mm -hmm. i think that this is kind of the demographic that this is geared towards and it'll get her into star trek which is yeah exactly stardom young uh but again there has to be a hook and it was funny there was something else that we were talking about uh speaking to this college student is that Leonard Nimoy once said in an article that Star Trek, he was referring to his own show, is is really layered that there's enough of a stuff like you can see Captain Kirk getting a fist fight and there's laser beams and explosions and that's very appealing to younger younger children. But watching this coming back to the series when you're a teenager or even perhaps older, there are other things that goes over a kid's head thematically, you know, social commentary that you pick up anew watching it again. So but again, how do you get them on the hook, especially in this modern media world of fifty billion choices and video games and all this different stuff? How where's the hook? So the hook is have a show that's geared towards young people and then have shows that are geared towards other demographics. Uh, and then you, you mean old people, right? <laughs> old, old, old white guys. I think you and I, we all know that there is that was a huge part of this conversation with this college student that we were talking to is that there's way too much, uh, you know, grumpy old white people who don't don't love diversity in Star Trek. That just makes me scratch my head. It, does, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, exactly. Like Captain Captain Rebel Jesus ship that we were talking about in the chat before this. <laughs> I oh forgot the God. name of his ship, so that was just my improvised version of the name of it. I that, thought it was fitting. That absolutely works for me. So now, uh, Rich, your uh, your son and your nephew, they're kind of of that same, they're a little older than that, or kind of in an age bracket where they might watch something like this? Yeah, he's yeah. 10, right? Your yeah, he's 10. 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So that'll fit the bill. Chance to get it. Where does he stand with Star Trek currently? Is it not on his radar, or do you think this might make a difference? He he's not a fan yet, but he did watch Lower Decks, um, and he he liked that. So yeah, good. This might so, this might be you know his. I just want to add too that this is set in the Delta Quadrant. I don't know if you guys read that. Wow, no, I did not. I yeah. thought I I did I read a. I read a fan theory uh, or one of these that the, the derelict ship is the uh, Wave Rider aero shuttle that we never see that is supposed to be attached to the bottom of the Intrepid class ship to the bottom of Voyager. Wouldn't that be cool if it was like the reason we never saw it is that in an early episode they had a jettison it and they never replaced it. So it just drifted forever. Well, I don't know if that would be feasible just because they have the programming probably on there already of Janeway. Right. Right, exactly. So yeah, wh- and why would she be on there? I just I'm fascinated. Right. I'm more yeah, fascinated to get a to get a rollout date, which I would imagine for this close, 
and everything is saying, well, expect to be delivered in mid-2021 or something, that we might see this maybe even before we see Lower Decks or maybe because it's not on the same uh, – this is being broadcast on Nickelodeon, which is available to us on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, that we might see it at, at perhaps even the same time because we're going to get lower decks, which is what Rich is going to talk about in a minute, in August. So this could potentially be around that time. I'm hoping. Yeah, me too. So Great. anyway. Decks season two, huh? Good stuff. Yes, yeah. So Rich, tell us about lower decks season two. So lower decks season two is actually going to be arriving on August 12th, but that's not all. They also renewed it for a third season. So yes. we're going to get three seasons for sure of uh, of Lower Decks. Wait, wait, and I have I have an interjection that you'll got? appreciate if you watch that show. I think this is a chew, chew, chew. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> the chew, chew, chew dance. Yes, thank you very yes. much. <laughs> yeah, this is this is good. So they they they're going to bring they're bringing back Riker, uh, Cap, Captain Riker of the Titans. Yes. yes. Um, and there also, there's also a trailer out there, a teaser trailer. If you, if you haven't seen season one, I don't know if you'd want to go watch season two trailer, but it's out there. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's going to be fun. My son and I, like I said, we watched this, uh, he enjoyed the, the heck out of it and I, I enjoyed it as well. So it was interesting to see animated Star Trek where, you know, they actually move. <laughs> right. No, it's not yeah, that exactly. filmation, not the you know. filmation, which <laughs> yeah. again, wa- watching that show as I did, you know, as an adult being a completist, uh, wanting to see all the Star Trek kind of after the fact, I was right. of course familiar with filmation because of the He-Man cartoons that were aired when, when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old and right. you know, the very early eighties. And I remember it was on after school and like, I have this weird early memory of, I was at maybe a catechism class and rushing home. And then I remember, like, I got home, like, it had started, and I'm like, oh, man, it already started, and there's He-Man running down, like, he's in a cave, and it's it's forward perspective, and it's right in front of him. You see his hands going up and down, and the cave behind him is the same five stalactites and stalagmites going back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, and back and forth. Uh, and that was entertainment to us. But, yeah, watching the, you know, watching that animated series, even Gene Roddenberry hated the animated series. It's well-documented yeah. that he thought it was crap. Um, so seeing Lower Decks and just how friggin' great it is, um, and just to know that there's going to be more, and I love uh, Tony Newsom as an actress. She and uh, uh, fellow comedian Paul Shear do the uh, the podcast directive podcast, which I think is now back for a second season. It, it's on my feed, so I definitely do listen to it, but I think she's extremely entertaining. I love her. I love the whole voice cast. You know, Rutherford, Tendy, and obviously Boimler, who is uh, Jack Quaid, who is Dennis Quaid's son, Dennis Quaid McRyan's son, who's also fantastic on The Boys, on uh, which is an adaptation of that comic book uh, over right. on Amazon Prime. So I just, I just love everything about Lower Decks. So much fun. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a, a unique sensibility about it that definitely appeals to the this this newer generation of kids. Like any 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 cartoon that my son watches is pretty darn close to the the comedy of of lower decks and uh and that works to the advantage like you were saying of being like that hook you know right get them while they're young (laughs) wait no that's oh boy that sounds you know and not to sounds like a cigarette salesman (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah get them while they're young is not marlboro so let's just forget right 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 did you guys notice that, um, or did you think that the picture looks like um, 
the lower decks picture on the article we read looks like American Gladiator, yeah. you know, from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, like that woman's name should be like Blazer or something. And... <laughs> Chevy Nova. No, wait, that is definitely okay. Forget about it. Oh my gosh, uh, Aaron. Any more thoughts? Are you just, are you fired up about this one like us? Did you did you love Lower Decks? I have never watched Lower Decks. Stop it! I know. Oh. I didn't want to admit that. Somebody has homework. Make I don't. It. I've never watched the animated series. I don't like cartoons. Oh, okay. I, I I remember that you told me that. Um, I don't. I, I of course we're in, in regular parlance until shows come back on. We are breaking down older episodes so i don't know if you're scheduled for i think rich and i are doing i deliberately didn't schedule myself (laughs) well i would i would entreat you now again we're not breaking down lower deck season one because when alex and i started the show it was when that was on and so we did it every week we talked about a new episode so we won't be doing lower deck season one but when lower deck season two rolls around i I mean unless you want 10 weeks of nothing but me and rich you got to watch it with us because all right you will, okay. I promise I promise you that you will enjoy it. I would be stunned if you didn't like it. I would okay. be stunned. It, okay. It's it's fun. So I, I entreat you know, let us know what you watch season one so you're familiar with what's going on. It's ten episodes or twenty two minutes each. It's just not a huge commitment. I, I think you will be glad that you did. All right. But, just let me know when I need to start getting caught up on season one and I will All right. I would say in by but when we get to the summertime. So you you've got some time. Okay, uh, good. Just stay far, far away from the uh, the 70s animated show. Holy yes. God. Yes, yeah. It, because you have no obligation to watch it, don't watch it. Yeah, that, don't that, bother. That's what I it's would say. Bad. Rich and I are, are duty-bound to have to watch it again. So, yeah, yikes. Be um, okay. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, God. All right, so moving on. Uh, we were, more news, intrigued to a sneak peek of Season 4 of Star Trek Discovery, which, as I understand... Uh, I believe with season three, they were completely finished before COVID hit and, and into making this, which is why we stand a better chance of, of seeing this. In my opinion, I feel like we could see this after uh, Lower Decks is finished with its 10-week run. I feel like, because that's what happened in 2020. We had Lower Decks season one, and we jumped right into uh, Discovery season three. So we had the 23 weeks of, of Star Trek, which was, to me, an enormous hit. So I... In, in my heart, in my head canon, I'm feeling like come October, November, we'll get the chance uh, to see this. But already awesome controversy because what don't the the neck I, I want to call it the neckbeards because that's an expression I always use <laughs> over on Secret Friends of people who just they hate change and they hate things that are new. What are they? What are they? First of all, they hate this show anyway because oh, it's a woman captain and they use swears and there's exp- explosions and blur blur blur. It's not my Star Trek. <laughs> They went and you forgot about the gay people in it too. They don't. Oh, yeah. oh not the gays. Oh, the am... gays. Oh, oh no, not the gays. So <laughs> we throw ourselves into the fact that uh, we're Discovery... going to get to that later. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, Discovery at the end of season three. I assume everybody's caught up. No, not you, Rich. Oh, not me, up. but I'm I'm close. Uh, okay. It's fine. Spoil it. That's fine. I've already seen I a couple mean, of things. I will. All I'll simply say, yeah, is that at the end of season three. Uh, in this trailer kind of suppose that too. Burnham uh, does become Discovery's captain. They become fully integrated into 32nd century Starfleet, so they get the new outfits. I'm a uniform guy. I have a million of them. I'll probably buy just about anything they put out because I love uniforms. So uh, 32nd century uniforms were just a big frown by most people. Oh, they look like schmucks. They're, it's a weird top plus gray pants and blur, blur, blur. People were bitching about that. Now... 
the uniforms have the same shape. It's still a two-piece with the weird schmacky, like longer, like coat, ta- like front tail thing. But now the colors are different. People can't stop bitching about the. Co- they've gone back to. I pro- actually don't like this though. Okay, it's, all right. Well, yeah, I will let you. I will let you tell me about that. But yes, they've gone back to primary colors: red for command. The whole thing is red. Gold for ops and engineering, and then blue for medical. And I think there's even. But all uniforms have in the same stripe piece that everybody's got a blue stripe and people are just flipping their wigs over it. It's overtaken anything else about this clip. So Aaron, since you voiced your opinion, what, what don't you like about it? I think that it makes everyone look like they're about 10 pounds heavier than they are. You know, like the blue ones were very kind of sleek and streamlined and sporty. And I quite liked what they looked like. And these ones look very blocky. Blocky, sure. They remind me of whenever on the next generation, the Enterprise found that uh, like older ship um, that Kelsey Grammer was on, whatever oh. Kelsey Grammer was wearing, like how oh, the, unflattering that was. The, That's what yeah, these make are, me think of just in how unflattering they look on the people wearing them. From an aesthetic point of view, if you just held one up that wasn't on a person, I think, yeah, that doesn't look that bad. But when I see them in the trailer wearing them, they don't look good. They're kind of – first of all, how dare you knock on the monster maroon because that's what Kelsey <laughs> Grammer – That's what Kelsey Grammer was wearing because in that episode, it was called Cause and Effect. It was in season five of TNG, which is when I became a watch-it-every-week kind of fan. Enterprise was t- trapped in this time loop where uh, Kelsey Grammer's ship, which came from the TOS movie era, went through an anomaly and, and crashed into them, and it created a time loop. and they were finally able to figure their way out of it. But then Kelsey Grammer is then stuck in the 24th century wearing his old outfit, which is to me, as far as uniforms go, the, the Star Trek two through six uniform, the two piece maroon color, the monster maroon is kind of the great white Buffalo of Star Trek costuming. It's very hard to get it right. It's very expensive to get all the bits and pieces. And it doesn't look good on anybody. And it doesn't Uh look good. And you're, you're right. I, I, I agree with you that when the time comes when I finally do get one, it probably will not look good on me. Now, our se- our uh, senior staff artwork that we had commissioned, which was a bunch of us dressed in those, which Rich, you took part in it, looks yep. fantastic, but it's it, it's it's a drawing. So you're right. It's not right. real because, you know, we all look a lot younger. We all look a lot uh, less in, less in sp- <laughs> or speltier, exactly. So, yeah, you're right that, yeah, it's not real life, but... I agree with you. You know, the, these uniforms, I agree the aspect of they're not kind of tailored the right way, but I still get excited about uniforms. I still have, I have owned some of the ugliest ones. I have two from Star Trek, the motion picture, the pajama ones, because oh, I, think, I think they're so ugly. They're good. And my friend Miranda rides my ass about it. Well, you better not wear that when I'm around. Cause I friggin' hate it. And of course, you know, when some, that sounds like a challenge to me, so I'm gonna find a way to wear. It. But I wanted one that had short sleeves for this, for you know the summertime. You know what I mean? But yeah, I have the the gray one that is the. They just all look like PJs, and even the those original costumes, the pants and the shoes were sewn together, so they were like footies, and it was. They do make some weird choices. I I agree with you that they make some weird choices. Do you love the rank insignia? On the new uniforms? I hate any rank insignia that is on the badge because... I like it. You can't read it from a distance. It's so, so paramilitary looking up close and it looks cool. I like it. 
I mean, the captain's uniform has the extra flourish. It has the rank up laps on the shoulder. And then all the uniforms have the, the V-shaped neck piece, but only the captain's has the pips on it. None I of the like rest. It. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I like the fact that, the, because again, when I purchase one, it will, it will be the captain's one because that was the uniforms I get. Um, but I, I don't like that. I can't look at, you know, Joe blow from a distance and not know what his rank is. I don't, I don't like that. That annoys me, but, but I digress. I realize that all of this we're talking about has very little to do with the content of the, of the trailer, but that is, I know we, <laughs> we went is, there like everybody else. Yeah, I know. So um, being that I've kind of screwed this one into the ground, I think it's a great opportunity to move on unless you guys have any other thoughts. Nope. I, I'm mostly good, except I've, I've got to say I, I love those Star Trek two through six uniforms. Those are my favorite uniforms out of all Me of them. Me too, the Monster Room. But, yeah, yeah. you know, Aaron does make a good point. It is really hard to not have bad angles when you're wearing one if you if you have any body fat on your body whatsoever. Right. <laughs> and difficult. if you even if you don't, you're going to look blocky and bigger. Like I was looking at Michael Burnham and I was like, are they trying to disguise a pregnancy here? Oh, God, it's possible. I sure as hell hope. Yeah, that would that, that would be, you know, and they've they, Star Trek has a history of doing that. They did it with Gates McFadden and TNG. They did it with Roxanne Dawson and Voyager. Um, I don't think they are trying to disguise a pregnancy. I think maybe it's just an unflattering looking uniform. But, you be. know, what do I know about fashion? I, especially in the 32nd century. Who knows any of that shit? No doubt about it. So, all right. Well, moving on, we have something very cool. Aaron, the next story is yours. Oh, and Michelle Nichols gets her due on Paramount Plus documentary. This looks very, very cool. It's called Women in Motion. Um, and they say it's Michelle Nichols, Star Trek, and the remaking of NASA. So this is going to be all very, like, female forward. Um, you know, Nichelle Nichols is kind of at the center for how she inspired all these things. I honestly cannot wait. This looks like it's going to be a real ace. This is awesome. I love, uh, I met Nichelle Nichols once at a show in Chicago and uh, just at least got to walk up and say hello. So that was kind of the extent of my contact. But um, what, what a pioneering individual, not only for everything that she did in Star Trek, but I believe really subsequently uh, everything that she's done you know, for NASA and things of this, things of that nature, you know, kind of subsequently. So I've become a bigger fan of documentaries, particularly Star Trek documentaries as time goes on. You know, of course there was Trekkies one and two back in the day. We had the DS nine documentary within the last year or so this Voyager documentary, which has been crowdfunded and just blew the doors off, which surprised me to show how many people really love Voyager when in a lot of, in a lot of ways it gets forgotten uh, in common parlance because people just want to talk about TNG and TOS in Not DS9. Me. Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, <laughs> of the people out there like Captain Kirk and blah, 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 people, you know, I get far less excited about TOS than I do about other series. But I get very excited about all the, the groundbreaking that Michelle Nichols did uh, and everything. So I, th- I find this to be very exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. She did so much for Asian women, Latino women, women, African-American women. Um, and then what she did for the actual NASA Space Agency. I mean, you have uh, Mae Jemison who is the first female African-American astronaut. Like this is going to cover a lot and I'm glad she's getting her due because she had such an impact on society, especially for black women. This is going to be incredible. 
Yeah, I'm fired up. So yeah, Paramount Plus, and again, uh, Paramount Plus is the only place where you can see absolutely all Star Trek because they only they have the uh, original animated series and nobody else does. <laughs> I don't know if that's much of a selling point. Uh, obviously, you are able to watch older Star Trek series on um, on Amazon Prime and on Netflix, and then globally, obviously, it's a different story no matter where you go. So if that is something, dear listeners, you have questions about where to watch Star Trek, let us know. Uh, certainly uh, over on Twitter at Secret Friends You and we can help you. Hey, Rich, do you want to plug yep. your ears for the next part? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking oh, about it. Maybe oh, I should. I, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Well, we will try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. But uh, <laughs> surprise casting was announced for Star Trek Picard uh, Season 2. Um, and this, is, th- this one, to me... They're going to have to put rubber to the road to get me to stop shaking my head on this one because I feel like it doesn't really fit the bill. Um, season one of Star Trek Picard uh, was a huge departure, I think, for the character. You know, we're jumping forward uh, to see Picard uh, 20 years after we lost, last saw him in Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, it's the end of the 24th century. He's almost 100 years old uh, and retired, but, you know, he retired amid some controversy, and he's, in a lot of ways, kind of an embittered old man who, his the season is really his, uh, his steps back towards redemption and kind of the world of uh, universal politics and, and really making a difference. Uh, and it seemed very grounded in a way. You know, there wasn't really anything to ultra- super powery about this you didn't see any of the more well, what's the word i'm looking for here kind of space magic-y concepts about that that got worked in that maybe we knew from the tng um but what was revealed with this little teaser trailer that's only about 30 seconds long uh which and again all the links that we're talking about i did post those uh to uh, our social media over on Secret Friends on Facebook. Also share them over on our social media uh, on Twitter, uh, so you'll be able to see them there. If you can't find them, hit us up and let us know. They won't be too hard to find. But um, this te- teaser trailer uh, relies very heavily on the fact that Q will be returning. The omnipotent trickster uh, will be returning. Of course, uh, he was the he was the, the stalwart uh, villain slash antihero slash frenemy of Picard that kicked off. Uh, Star Trek Next Generation back in 1987, an encounter at Farpoint, and we saw him sprinkled uh, throughout that series. He made a single appearance in DS9 where Cisco punched him in the nose, which everybody loves, uh, and then he was a regular thorn in the side of our beloved Captain Janeway throughout Voyager. Um, I don't see how he is going to fit into what I understand of this series, unless... You know, it's a double-edged sword. It's going to be a tonal shift, that the series will be something else. Is that going to take away from what I feel like they accomplished in season one? I'm not, I'm not sure. Were I'm you happy sure. with season one? I, I was. I know April loved it very much. I liked it for the differences and story-wise kind of where it went, where Star Trek really had not gone before. I liked that. So bringing back a, a, a you know, it feels like stunt casting in a way, and I don't, I hate stunt casting because it's something I feel like we may be left behind when Star Trek is no longer on network TV, that they don't have to be. It's sweep, so we're going to bring Q back is a great example. Okay, but honestly, season one, I agree with you for the most part, but the one thing I didn't like about it was I thought there were too many cameos. I was like, this is just an excuse to get these actors who are great actors working on this 
somehow, and it didn't always work for me. And I think they're still just doing that, just that. They've talked about Whoopi Goldberg coming back as Guinan. They've talked about um, Q coming on. Why not? They somehow worked Riker in. They worked Deanna Troy in. They worked Data in somehow, even though he's supposed to be dead. Why not? I, I, I see your point. But just to me, even more so much like I could see Guinan being because you know, Whoopi's character had so many dimensions. You know, she was fun. She was playful. She had a past. She had some dark secrets. I could see that fitting into the way season one worked. I just don't I'm just not I'm struggling with seeing how Q could fit in with the darker, more episodic function of the way. And season how one are was. they going to make somebody that's omnipotent old? Right. Right. Well, yeah, they con- I, have, they, I have the yeah. same concerns, but yeah. like I said, they do a lot of cameos. I think they'll be able to pull it off. Plus, I love the Q character, so if they pull it off, it's going to be great if they can pull it off. It, it, you're right. It's a big if. To me, Star Trek often finds a way that we, you know, in the three of us talking separately about the first season of Enterprise, there were some real duffers in that. So could this be another dud? I, I don't know. We're all going to be watching with bated breath, I'm sure. To yeah. see if they can, see if they can make it work. So, uh, Rich, I, Rich, I assume this is going to get you to watch season one of Picard. Yeah, it's on my list. It's got to be. It's got to be watched. I'm right. still trying to catch up with. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to stay ahead of the game with uh, with all of our uh, half seasons that we're doing. So, uh, when I get to a point where I'm comfortable with that, I'll probably jump back to Picard and finish that out. Gotcha. Cool. 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 All right. Well. Okay. Moving on. What do we have next? Oh, this one's me. Okay, beaming onto the big screen in 2023, the return of Movie Trek. That was... Oh, yeah. So the new Star Trek film for June 2023. Um, This actually... There's no information about it. So when I was reading about it, I'm like, I hope I don't get this one. I don't really know what I'm going to say. They're just saying (laughs) this movie's coming out, and it might be one of these things they've rumored about, but they don't know what it's going to be. It's just going to be a movie. Who knows? Right. (laughs) That is, uh, that's about it. (laughs) But it it is big news because, again, you think about the fact that um, there have been a, you know, a ton of back and forth about, well, is there going to be, is this director Noah Hawley, is he going to have a spot? Is is there going to be a Quentin Tarantino bit? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So this is perhaps a little bit more definitive. And then we had an announcement a few weeks ago. Uh, about uh, a writer who is going to be attached to do new movies. So now we have a writer announcement, and then we have an actual movie announcement. So I would imagine subsequently there will be more to go with it as time goes on, as there always is. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I don't think that there's any more to unpack from it. Not, not really. We just, I know that certainly Rich and I are uh, of the opinion, and we'll see, Aaron, if you jump in with us. I just don't want it to be more lens flare, JJ with yeah. that crew. I just, I just, I just literally could not care any less about the the Kelvin Universe characters. I, 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 I go in fits and spurts where I really hated them, and then I liked them a little bit, and now I'm kind of back to hating them again. Now that we have. <laughs> real Star Trek back and shows and characters you can care about. Yeah. It's almost like we liked them because we were desperate for contact. Correct. Exactly. So it was, you know, going on a blind date because you haven't been on a date in 12 years, (laughs) you know, which was the way it was with Star Trek. So yeah, now I'm really, 
I'm really comfortable in leaving it, leaving it all behind and, and finding a movie. Doesn't mean it can't be a movie with new characters, uh, because new characters are great, but these weren't even new characters. These were these were knockoff versions of original characters. You know, so it's mm-hmm. instead of Kirk you got Cork, instead of Spock you got Spork, you know, it was just not <laughs> Uh, there's just, there's Kirk and Spock and then there's Walmart Kirk and Spock and that's what we right got. exactly we did. I want to see a DS9 movie. That would I, be awesome. I agree Wouldn't with that be you. Cool? But who wants to dust off Avery Brooks though? The guy's a nutcase. Do you want? Do you really want to see him come back? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I see. I exactly. uh, wait, Avery Avery Brooks is a nutcase. What happened? Oh, dude, just go Google it. He is. Oh, watch him and watch him in the Captains, which was a documentary from maybe six or seven years ago where they interviewed the five actors who were captains up to that point. So basically Shatner through Bacula and the bits that they did with Avery Brooks, he just is a rambling lunatic. Just trust me. Look at, look it up. He's not, maybe, maybe he was stressed out. Maybe. I, I think, I think not subsequent to that, he was involved in kind of some, petty crime, like assault or something like that. So it's just, much like he and Jennifer Lean, who's the actress who played Kess, just really fell on hard times. Because I know that there was something in the news about her a couple of years ago where she, you know, did a robbery or was involved in an assault or something and ended up in jail and just... It was assault. Yeah. And like being belligerent and resisting arrest. Right, exactly. So yeah, yeah, I think something is very similar with Avery Brooks. So he's kind of off the reservation and uh, so I don't know. We all do it. He can redeem himself. We'll see what happens. I, I, I agree with you. All right. Moving along to uh, the kind of wrapping up First Contact Day with even more reveals. Rich, I think that's you. That's me. Yep. So there were – this article gives us 12 other things that uh, that are in the um, – that came out of First Contact Day, uh, including stuff for Picard, Discovery, Lower Decks, and Prodigy. So we had, um, there's going to be something that's never before seen on Next Generation and maybe time travel as well in Picard Season 2. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Nice. And uh, and Q's arrival apparently is going to come as a, at a critical moment for Picard. So maybe that is the, maybe that's, maybe that's going to be an easier way for them to fit him in. I know that you guys were voicing your kind of concern about, uh, does this make sense? Well, maybe, maybe this will, you know give it a reason or give it, you know, give it a good reason for being, for existing. <laughs> um, they are going to talk about the Borg assimilation as well, apparently. And, uh, but no, no face palms. There will be no face palms. The, the, uh, ever popular Picard face palm, uh, GIF is not going to be repeated. So where is John Delancey in that photo they have about the face? Yeah. Is he on a boat? You <laughs> had said I'm on a boat and it could be. <laughs> okay. It's like in some sort of wood paneled cabin with all these like old timey looking controls. Yeah. The, uh, then they, then they're talking about discovery and their uniforms. So no, this was, uh, uh, <laughs> <We> <laughs> oh man. It. We covered it. They they want they had their moment to respond. Apparently, it has does something better for the uh, for the uh, the contrast um, with the rest of the ship. I don't know. I, I just I still don't know about them. I'm sure they'll grow on me. It's the it's the comms badge that bothers me the most um, yes. in that 32nd century. Yeah, I don't looks, like that badge. It looks like an insect. 
like yeah, a, right. like an Egyptian insect or something. Yeah, yeah, like a little beetle just sitting there. Yeah, like or a something. scarab or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, one of the aliens from the Prodigy uh, show is going to have ties to the original series, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know it's which gonna one. Be, it's it? going to be Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd. Oh Harry God. Mudd's kid. <laughs> oh boy, the mud, the mud kid. Yeah. We'll call him Little Mud. Little Mud. Little Mud. That sounds like a rap name. Little Mud. <laughs> Little Mud. <laughs> Little Mud. And then this article talks a little bit about uh, how Kate Mulgrew uh, got them to de-beautify uh, Janeway's um, hologram a little bit for Prodigy. So less, you know, hyper-sexualized maybe. Um, I love that. I do too. I do. Yeah. I like totally. that a lot. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And again, yeah, continue to reinvent uh, storytelling, uh, I think, for a more modern audience where that's that really should be the focus uh, of a character like, you know, not like, oh, they brought Seven of Nine on Voyager in season four and she's wearing a skin tight cat suit because well, we want kids, the boys to watch the show. Little kids don't care. They don't want right. to see some like super sexualized person because they, that's not something that crosses their minds. So she's right to the what's the point of doing that? So absolutely. I'm all about it. Yep. Totally. Show. Uh, next piece talks a little bit about something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. It's uh, the heart of Lower Decks. The characters are allowed to improvise, which is, or the actors that portray the characters are allowed to improvise, which is fantastic, especially for an animated show, because they can kinda, you can kind of mess with that if you need to. But the idea that they're allowed to improvise is great, and, and that's a big part of acting. So I love that. Um. And they're going to maybe go a little less heavy on the references to past Trek stuff. There's also a story pitch for Wesley Crusher. No oh boy. That guy, that guy should just shut up, I think. Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, shut up, Wesley. We, we don't want it. Forget about it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. He hates it. He hates it. <laughs> he does. Why, he hates it when people say it. Why wouldn't he? It's, it's super rude. I totally understand. <laughs> he is. hasn't heard it his whole life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> Uh, they're also using a new tool, uh, an AR wall, that's going to let people see what world they're on when they're doing their acting, I guess. Uh, there's a, there's gotcha. a It's going to be pretty cool, I think. Um, but basically projecting what the world looks like onto the soundstage that they're working on. So the actors will be able to kind of react to what they're actually seeing instead of just, you know, a big blob of green, which is gotcha. kind of nice. Right, that, and th that's a technology that they were using in uh, filming The Mandalorian, which I, yeah. I think was pretty groundbreaking. So that's yeah. good. I love it. One last bit, and this one I think will, will, will be near and dear to your heart, Charlie. The designers and the showrunners are inspired by and hiring cosplayers. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, Where's they, your they, resume, Charlie? That's yeah. another one that was uh, pretty pivotal in this, particularly that um, those final couple episodes of season one of The Mandalorian is they brought in local members of the 501st in California right. to be TKs or stormtroopers. So are you kidding me? But, of course, they're not filming in Michigan. What am I supposed to do about that? But, yeah, you're right. I am a nut about uh, accuracy and having having a uniform that looks as screen accurate as possible. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'll cut up a resume. Are you kidding me? Do it, hands, dude. Down, 
hands down, I would go be, uh, I would go be a background, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll dye my hair again, even though my wife threatened me, if I need to look younger, I'll do it. I don't care. Let me know if you need help putting a CV together. Uh, okay. I don't get a headshot and everything. Oh yeah. You'll have your pictures all through the resume since it would be a visual resume. All right. I have never done anything like that, but yes, if that comes up, I'm not saying, uh, I'm going to keep working out. Got to get, get, got to get in a good Starfleet shape. <laughs> Getting fit for cosplay. Getting fit for cosplay. You got it. <laughs> is that it on that rich? That's it. That's all there is on all that. Right. Uh, oh, here's one movie. next. That's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> the Fort Lauderdale police mistook Star Trek memorabilia for weapons <laughs> lawsuits. So I have a lot of Klingon weapons mounted on the walls of my room. And my most recent acquisition I had in my car um, a few weeks ago, driving it back where I received it in South Carolina as a birthday gift to Pennsylvania, where I live. And I got pulled over for speeding. And I, I was scared to death that he would see, and it wasn't just a batleth, it was the sort of Kalis. So it has all these points on it. Oh, I was scared to death. I was, he was going to look at it and I would get in trouble for having a weapon in the car. <laughs> so this is the kind of thing that has always kind of gone through my mind. Like, what if the police are in my, my house someday? They're going to think I'm some sort of weapons nut and they're not <laughs> going to realize that I had them like custom made by a blacksmith and they're just for like decor purposes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Um, there's not really much else to say about it. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but that's basically what happened. People had weapons <laughs> on the walls and the police thought that they were weapons. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. Watch your, watch your P's and Q's when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, no kidding. That was just hysterical. That, that, that like, how do you not know that Star Trek weapons are, Star Trek weapons, or you well, know, if you've never watched wood. Star Trek, like these Batlas I have are made of steel. Yeah, They're right. heavy. I mean, I think my heaviest one probably weighs about 15 pounds. Oh, my. And, and you oh, could potentially, it's pointy. You could kill someone with it. So, I mean, I kind of get it, I guess. Do they say what kind of weapons were? Um, no, were, they no? don't. Okay. They just say weapons. I'm assuming they were Batlaths and stuff okay. like that because, you know, they they all look like weapons. Like nice. a, a mechleth looks like some sort of weird axe thing. Stabby yeah. thing. Yeah, Nickel. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, yeah, word of the wise, leave them uh, at home. And if you're doing crimes, uh, don't have them in your car. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, moving on uh, in the finest tradition of uh, of Star Trek, uh, kind of uh, getting ahead of the curve in science and technology. There are researchers in, I believe it is Scotland, uh, that say a, a device could help in fighting climate change. So this could be a real life ocean tricorder, something uh, that could be used. Um, to uh, evaluate uh, deep sea mining uh, and the value of marine uh, biotechnology and life. So, yeah, the tricorder obviously is a very famous device going all the way back to the original series. It's what McCoy always had when he waved over a guy and said, "He's dead, Jim." Uh, that's I have what the, one. I have I have a couple. I have I have the I actually have the medical tricorder uh, prop that was a playmate's prop that April uses when she does the TNG doctor as a cosplay. So. so I have the one that's the second photo in the article, and then I have like an original series one. I and I have an original series one as well that that a friend gave me because she owned it. She's like, oh, I'm never going to use this. I, she had developed 
a cosplay for a show we were doing that it didn't work out. She wasn't happy with it. She's like, I got this tricorder and I don't want it anymore, so now it's yours. The irony of it is I hate the TOS costume, so I, I don't <laughs> own one. I won't own one. I have the Disco Prize and the Discovery, but those props are different. So I have T- TOS props that I have no use for. So if I meet another TOS cosplayer, I might donate or sell those to them to kind of lighten my load because, I'm like I said, I'm very – anal about proper props with the proper uniform so that one's not my favorite but uh, at any rate this is great and again let's not forget that the flip top cell phone plus the ipad and tablet that's all stems from things that were seen in star trek and star trek the next generation so i love oh, yeah. this i love this let let star trek continue to carry us into the future heck yeah what do you think about uh, the next article? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but... <laughs> the uh, the next article is that uh, Star Trek Discovery uh, won for Best Drama, won an award for Best Drama. It was the GLAAD Awards. They were held just last Thursday night. Uh, that would have been the 8th. And um, it was the third time that it was nominated, first time it won. It was up against some competition, uh, Ratchet and Supergirl and the Umbrella Academy and stuff like that, but uh, but they came away with it. It's uh, it's all about representation, and there's fabulous representation for the, uh, the uh, LGBTQ community on Discovery. Um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. I think it speaks to the inclusion, uh, the, the, the idea of inclusion that is the, the heart and soul of Trek. Um, my my only issue though with the, this specific picture that they have for the article is, and this goes about inclusion. I don't see Reno on there as ex- in the award oh, picture. Oh, I didn't even and see that. Yeah, Reno take, is take older, uh, yeah. an older gay female, and these are all younger, attractive people. Mm, so I don't know if she just point. didn't make it for that particular photo, but that is not being very um inclusive, inclusive. I, I i i did not even think about that but you are 1000 percent correct good eye that's good true. eye that's yeah true. Let, let's hope that it's exactly what you described it was just a missed photo op but you know i love tignataro for her just extremely dry performance on this show she might be my favorite character on discovery i love right. love 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 she, her. Is, she yeah. is as she is as dry as a thanksgiving turkey that has been broken for two days <laughs> i want so to just, just like her when i grow up oh my god she's fantastic she, yes she's terrific. so yeah let's um let's hope that that what you're saying is great but yeah this is great i think anything uh that celebrates inclusion and diversity is a million percent what star trek has always been about and the thing that as we were discussing uh that, that the three of us discuss all the time is the fact that people who don't celebrate or recognize diversity in star trek what the hell are you doing yeah. I mean, what, what is it that you really think you like about Star Trek if you don't like the thing that it is the most about? It's just it, it, it's just it's a it's a head scratcher. It really is. Yeah, uh, I just I, I like um, like I said, again, the whole ageism thing is starting to be a little bit of a concern with me, especially in this article. So hopefully they do better. Yeah. With their photo ops. I don't know. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And is you're right. It's kind of a weird. It's kind of a weird photo. And if it's not including uh, Tig, if she didn't get an award, that that kind of sucks. I agree with you. 
Yeah, I thought maybe it was just main characters too, but then I was like, oh, that one lady's not really a main character either. Right. I wonder if she just wasn't available because they're they're running through it. They don't even mention her, so I don't know. But they well, said they but they also say that help. they were. Yeah, they also say that they appeared virtually from the set. So. Right. Maybe she's not there yet. Maybe she maybe she's done and she's gone home or something. I don't know. If they're going virtually from the set, though, I mean, they can have her too, like. Oh yeah, I mean, they it's can virtual. Bring her in. Like yeah. we're not in the same place right now. Wait, we're not. No, we're, we're not. not. Oh, oh we're all I know. Very, very spread out. But we're, right. yes, we were very smart not to turn our cameras on either, so we don't virtually virtually appear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna transport you both here because. Oh, there we go. Oh man. Oh, well, it sounds like the weather's definitely better there than it is here. Oh, in South Carolina, it's yeah. gorgeous. Oh yeah, here it's okay-ish, but it's still in the like mid 50s. So. Yeah, yeah. Very, very typical Michigan weather. So, well, gang, if I'm not mistaken, that actually kind of takes us to the end of the show. Uh, our first ever news. I, I love to keep calling it a news explosion. Uh, a super <laughs> a super duper extra special episode where Blossom gets her period. Oh, wait, that didn't happen this episode. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, that's the uh, that's the end of our show. So uh, let's see. Who am I? I'm in the eeny, meeny, mindemo who gets to do the intro. And I, go- I actually... Aaron. Did read oh. one more than Rich did, so let's him do the outro. Oh yes, Rich by all means. That's very fair. Rich, go for it. I'm fine. That's cool. Let's do it. For more information about Starfleet International in Michigan and beyond, please visit the Grand Petoskey or the USS Grand Petoskey and or the USS Nomad on Facebook. The Code 47 podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network and is produced by Todd Oxtra. Oh, yes. Todd Oxtra, my soul brother, uh, over there uh, on our other shows. So, yeah, we are, uh, as I'd mentioned, part of, as Rich had mentioned, part of a great podcasting network. We do four shows on a weekly slash bi-weekly basis. You're listening to Code 47, talking about Star Trek that comes out every Monday. Bi-weekly on Wednesdays, there is the co-op mode podcast that is Todd uh, and our friend Mark Carabin, the Canardian, talking about video games. On the opposing week, uh, you get uh, Mark and myself talking about Star Wars on the Holocron Chronicles. And then every Friday you get Todd and myself doing our prime show, now almost seven years and running, Secret Friends Unite, which is a, uh, a smorgasbord of geek culture uh, to be enjoyed by all. So you can reach all four shows over on Twitter at Secret Friends U. Drop us a tweet. Let us know what you think about the shows, something that you're enjoying, uh, and we will talk about that on the corresponding uh, program uh, and get you some fame, get you in the mix. Uh, we also have a great store over on Tee Public. I love Tee Public because of the wide, crazy varieties of different products they have. Uh, they've got shirts, they've got hoodies, they've got wall art, pillows, coffee mugs, tumblers, stickers. Uh, and as Rich and I talked about recently, they don't have uh, hats, which but is But no hats. <laughs> we want hats. So, no, uh, you can go over to that website. Uh, you can support your favorite uh, Secret Friend show. Proceeds from that actually do go back to uh, helping uh, pick up the cost that it is to produce our show uh, and uh, some of the upcoming projects uh, that we have. Please visit us on the uh, podcast streaming service of your choice uh, and over on YouTube. Uh, Leave us a five-star review. We do appreciate that, and it does help us uh, grow the show. So with that, I'm going to thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Kapla. And don't forget, uh, friends don't let friends watch the Kelvin universe.
Yes! Very good, you guys. You got your catchphrases in. I am impressed. Good deal. Well, as always, uh, the end of the show means I have to pee. Uh, so I'm going to say goodbye. And okay. uh, wonderful work. And uh, we, I will catch, you, catch up with you guys on the, uh, on the chat, as always. So keep on trucking, my friends. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.